all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Hey, are you looking for a show with no spin, with no jazz, without all the noise? Well, welcome. This is Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. If you're looking for that type of show and that type of action and some straight out real talk, real news, real Bible conversation, you have made it to the right podcast. Body of Christ Real Talk is for you. Love you all. Peace out. Stay tuned for Body of Christ Real Talk. Welcome, 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 welcome to Body of Christ Real Talk. Joseph Brownlee, your host of Body of Christ Real Talk. What's going on, everybody? How you all doing today? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of my show. Ah, wow. It's been a very interesting few days. A very, very interesting few days. Uh, what I mean by that, I'm going into a... a uh, a change, a new conditioning, a new conditioning to better myself spiritually, physically, and financially. But the last, uh, the first two, most definitely spiritually and physically. And the results have been very good. The results have been very good on both I'm uh, my spirit man is opening more and more and more to the truths of God uh, to the truths of his word maturity is much stronger within the last three years I stepped to in a place that I feel more stronger when it's, when it's time to stand on the word of God more stronger. I become more patient in the things in the word of God, not in my worldly life uh, surroundings or the secular world, but in the word of God, I have learned to become more patient, meaning that I don't question everything or a lot of things that don't agree or who don't agree on what I believe in. So I have learned to mature in that because I have got to the point or I have came to the conclusion that some people is not going to change. Some people is going to stay dormant. You know, it's just going to be like that. Some people are just going to stay dormant. Uh, no matter what truths they see or what, no matter what they hear or what they believe, some people is going to stay dormant. That's just the way it is. So what I have learned to do, regardless, regardless of who's going to stay dormant uh, or who uh, 
who is listening to what I'm saying or anything like that. I have got to the point no matter what. I got to remember there's always a remnant out there that wants to hear the word of God, that wants to hear what's going on. They want they want to hear worldly events, local events, life in general in a biblical perspective. Out of a uh, out of the lenses of a Christian in a biblical perspective. So I know it's still people out there or or there are people out there that wants to hear events what's going on around now some of the things I know there's people out there that never even heard of some of the things that I have to talk about whether it's good or bad whether what's going on in politics or what's going on in uh, the church was what's going on in entertainment even though I don't talk about that a lot of what's going on in life in general even my life there's people out there that's being helped and that's what's important to me See, that's what's important, what is important to me. There's people out there that's being helped, okay? Now, also, uh, I'm doing more, I'm, I'm launching a more of a bigger market now. What I'm doing, I'm going to market my podcast more to a broader audience. So this is the first time I've ever done that. Usually, I just let it go, and I let my uh, my host speak and them do that or whatever like that, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker Podcast, Spotify, or whatever. But what I'm doing now, I'm investing in more into my my podcast, podcast so it can reach more of an audience. And the reason I'm doing that because I think I have been doing this over a year now, and I've never done any marketing. Believe it or not, I've never done any marketing. And I know if I done any, and if I done marketing, I probably would uh, most definitely, no doubt, I would have had a bigger audience. Now, what I mean by bigger audience, I'm not trying to get ten and twenty, thirty thousand. Only reason I would be happy with that if there are real, there are a real audience and just not bots. Uh, there, there are uh, uh, not just somebody just going through and hitting this and hitting this and downloading or whatever like that. I rather, like I said, I rather have a thousand true listeners than twenty thousand, you know, bots or twenty thousand people just downloading and just to be downloading because you have to be careful when you get your your stuff marketing when somebody doing some marketing on everything you want real organic people you really you want real organic people that's at least going to give you a hit or listen to your show and you want to attract the right people now body of christ of uh, real talk is for all Whoever can listen to my show because my number one goal is for all men and women to be saved first and then come into the knowledge of the truth. You know, I put a lot of emphasis on that for my uh, my regular downloaders that I put a lot of emphasis on that. OK, so that's that's the difference between body of Christ real talk and my Bible study show, which is connecting the dots with is aimed more towards the saved. Someone that's already saved and someone is somewhat mature or just got saved. So you can learn more uh, 
the knowledge of the truth according to First Timothy 2 and 4. You go strong in the Lord uh, and know your direction and what, what God's plan is for your lives. So that's more of a Bible teaching, Bible study uh, show connecting the dots. Now, for the ones that's just been tuning in, I have been doing a little series called tra uh, Traditions. Dealing with traditions. I hit a lot of things on traditions. And I, you know, to keep things short, if you want to know more about that, what, what was the show talking about, I just recommend, as I often do, go back to the last five, six previous shows and just try to catch up from there. That way you'll know where I started and, where, and what I'm going to be going on today. But, you know, you, you're very welcome to listen to this right now. It's up to you. But I'm just saying if you want to know, here, the, uh, you know, the last programs I was talking about, go just keep going back. Uh, either direction you want to go and listen to my past programs and my past shows. And I'm talking about traditions that uh, that can, traditions that turn into conditioning. And different things like that. I hit different, uh, different ways that society have uh, programmed us, have tradi through traditions, and have conditioned us through society and through life. You will know more about that if you go back and check out the last few uh, the shows that I have done to try to get an understanding and try to get a grasp of what I'm talking about. Okay, please do that. Now, the last show I left off at, first of all, let me, hello, how you all doing? Kind of rude of me. Hello, hello, hello to all my downloaders and my listeners and my followers. Hello, how you all doing? Okay, to, I'd like to say a big shout out hello to my USFA listeners, hey, and also my international listeners, wherever you at. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show. I pre Without you guys just even checking me out, I would not, my, what they call them, algorithms, analytics would not be stretching like they do now, okay? Hello to everyone. Okay, but anyway, I'm marketing more. And uh, I already see the results that the audience, I'm, I'm reaching more of an audience now and I can see it in my numbers. Thank God for that because that's the purpose of this show. That's the purpose of this show is to get the audience ears to what's going on around the world and looked at it in a biblical perspective. Not to agree on everything I say, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, you might have a different opinion. You might have more knowledge or whatever like that. It's not about that. It's just, you know, trying to get people to listen to what I got to say. And uh, I think it's, 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 it's very important that people understand what's going on around them, around the world. I like to say I'm type of a informationist and a person that's an awareness person. So I, I talk about a lot of different uh, things about going on, going on in the world, and I also <clears throat> look at it in many perspectives, 
And if the ones that listen to my show know I kind of hit things in every perspective. I, I don't just grasp and go at it. I try to look at things in a different perspective or I try to analyze something. Sometimes maybe be over over analytical, but I try to analyze each subject and topic the best way that I can for my audience to understand what I'm talking about because I know I have different type of listeners and some people catch on fast and some people catch on slow like myself you know slow learner so I try to break it down as if it's elementary no matter how much knowledge you get I try to break it down elementary so I repeat I repeat some people probably get tired of me repeating and I do that because I don't know who is who unless somebody leave a comment or whatever like that so I try to teach it like it's in a school no matter how old or how knowledgeable you are I teach it the same way because I don't know so I think that that way, uh, the ones that's knowledgeable is getting it very well, and the ones that's not that knowledgeable or cannot catch on good can grasp what I'm trying to say. That's why I teach the way I do, you know. Uh, okay. So my audience is going to be stretching. I'm, I'm going to be doing quite a bit of marketing because I want, I want people to be saved. The information, yes, is good. The stuff that I put out there, I try to put it out the best way I can. But I, my main goal is for people to be saved and coming to the knowledge of the truth, okay? For people to be saved. All right. Now, I don't know who's been listening to my last shows, but I was, like I said, I was dealing with traditions and how traditions have programmed us. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. All our lives since childbirth, since uh, we was able to understand or comprehend things, we have been traditionally, traditionally, excuse me, conditioned or programmed. Some inadvertently, or some just not, some unconsciously. You know what I mean by that? What we see, what we hear, and different things in our society. We learn from that society. I could think of many things that I won't even. I can let me say this first. I can think about a lot of things, people, places, and things. People, places, and things that I have mimicked that I have mimicked because I was attracted to it. Good or bad. That's, that's the thing about it, good or bad. I was consciously attracted to it. I liked it. 
even when I disliked it, it was something in the character or the subject or the community that I, that had that caught me. See, that's what I'm. That's I, I just followed it. I enjoyed it, whatever. Like this, some things I joined and done everything because I wanted to. But the uh, the ones that's unconsciously, when you start mimicking things, not purposely, it's just because you're around in society, or you just what that's all you live around. That's all you hear. So it's almost like a hypnosis. You know, you start doing things. You start talking like your neighborhood. You start talking a lot. The more, whatever environment you are in, whether it's in the hood, whether it's in the ghetto, whether it's in the country, the rural areas, or whether it's in a very well-off, uh, well-off middle class or upper class or educated community, those things will rub off on you consciously and unconsciously. I'm not talking about going to school and stuff like that. Yes, of course, you have been taught that. We have been taught certain things in class and school and at home from mom and dad and different things like that, big brothers, uncles, sisters, whatever, society. I'm talking about the wrong people we don't even know sometimes or people we just hang around or we see or we hear or even smell or, or dialect. We catch on to that. And we start mimicking and copying certain ways people talk. Now, you cannot sit up there and tell me you've never done that. Start copying the way somebody talk or using phrases that somebody else's phrase. Somebody uses whether it's good or bad. You like the phrase, so you use it. You understand what I'm saying? That's why I mean eating, eating, even walking. And I made a statement that we didn't, as black men, we didn't come out with a strad out of the mother's room striding and pimping mom and dad didn't teach us how to pimp and strad what are we learning from society our surroundings see we didn't even have when I was growing up in the world nobody said Joe I want you to walk like this we're going to start walking like this you know no it became a norm because it's what we was around and all of a sudden we started stratting and pimping, yeah man, you know, what's up and all that stuff. That was mostly unconsciously learning. We didn't have to go to school for that, see? We didn't have to have a certain attendance for that. That we just happened to live, uh, was brought up around that society. So vice versa, just say it's another society where everybody just uh, was more, they used grammar better, they was better educated, or somewhat of a mixed environment or something like that. The same thing. I like to call it, we are uh, a product of our, of our environment. So that's what I mean, we was mostly conditioned by society, by traditions. All of us, everybody on this earth, within each other. There's people, just like you admire some people the way they talk or walk unconsciously or consciously someone does the same by looking at you whether you know it or not someone likes something about you and start using phrases that you use especially if they're around you a lot and they don't even know it someone might even start laughing like you or you start laughing like someone else you, you understand what I'm saying you know, not saying that's an evil thing. It depends what it is. But I'm not saying it's just we become a product of our society. And the majority of our learning came from society. 
all stages of life. Now, what I what I what I'm trying to do, or what I am doing, in society, and the world, and the job, even in the family, and even in the church, some things that <clears throat> uh, somewhat kept me down or kept me complacent because I just assumed that was me. Some of those things I am learning to uncondition myself. And the way the, the way to do that is, first of all, you have to learn how to you have to learn how to break from your old traditions that you don't need no more. That's obsolete or that uh, that's that's hindering you. So that's what I'm doing. Now. I'm breaking away from a lot of old traditions, you know, the society. I was brought up mostly in the hood, not the ghetto because I didn't live in no ghetto. That's the difference. You know, I grew up in the uh, south side of Chicago, predominantly black, predominantly in my area. We had whites going to Beverly Hills and towards uh, Morgan Park area, well, further up and stuff like that in uh, different Beverly Hills, I mean. But it was predominantly black in the Morgan Park, you know, area and stuff like that. Some people might call it Calumet or whatever like that, different areas like that, or West Portman in those areas so <clears throat> the majority from infancy to middle class or whatever to teens uh, my conditioning is from my neighborhood my conditioning is from my neighborhood because that's what I lived around see that don't mean I've done everything that everybody else done, but you you are conditioned in some way, even your belief. What you believe and stuff like that, because a lot of the families growing up then, we was brought up in church. You know, some of us was brought up in Church of God in Christ. Some of us, like myself, some of us was brought up in Baptist church, and then we had even some brought up in the Catholic church. You know? So, the church itself church as in the church building that you grew up in you have a certain traditional belief even if you don't even attend that church no more and some of you have got out of it but some of still some of those traditional beliefs stick with you you might have went to another church you whatever but still some of those uh, first impressions stick with you you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes, a lot of the times, a lot of those first impressions of the church stick with us. Just like school and just like anything, you know, it kind of sticks with you. Some of us can remember our first job. Some of us can remember our first friend or who was our best friend. We remember certain things that we hung around, certain places we went. See, those are the conscious things that we remember. Those are the conscious things. Then we have the unconscious thing. We caught on talking a certain way, walking a certain way, or even dressing a certain way because society was dressed no way. Nobody said you had to dress that way. You know, uh, you just caught on. That was part of the hood. That was we had a certain lingo. We had a certain walk. Blah 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 blah. Okay, those are things I was dealing with when I was talking about traditions. I was trying to hit all type of areas. Uh, how a lot of us, all of us period 
grew up in some type of traditional atmosphere, no matter what. We learned a lot of our, maybe the majority of what we know, and even though we got rid of a lot of it, from society. From society. We didn't come out knowing those things. It was taught consciously and unconsciously. You know, we are, we were. When I say we, I'm talking about just in general, the world. Somewhat of a product of our society. Now, the last show I dealt with uh, diets. And I want to deal with spiritual diets and physical diets. Spiritual diets and physical diets. Now, the spiritual diet. You never heard of that? Well, that's something I just made up. I'm sure I'm not the only one that used that before. And most diets, when you hear the word diet, what do you think about? Most of most of us think about losing weight. But that's not real. That's not the full definition of a diet. Sometimes diet is just based on what you're eating. What What's your your regimen of eating, you know, your your course of meals and stuff like that. How do you eat? What's the eat? You know, like your vegetables, your, your starches, your your poultry, your meat and stuff, etc. like that, you know, of diet-wise, you know, that's whatever. And then <clears throat> the diets are so messed up today and a lot of those traditional RSDA programs recommended by the United States just not, it's just not working. Uh, for one reason or the other. And uh, basically, because they took a lot, one of the reasons because uh, the diet didn't recommend a lot of meat, the old traditional RSDA diet that was recommended by the United States. Then I, done, you know, I played a little audio on uh, the the instigator or the one that started this uh, after uh, Roosevelt's heart attack. Oh, there wasn't Eisenhower, one of them. I don't have my notes or nothing right there, but it was started by someone. I think his name was Elson Keys or something like that. Alex, Alex the Keys or something like that. I forgot his name. But he the one kicked that off. Uh, what I'm talking about, he kicked off that theory. And it's just a theory without a, without a lot of scientific proof. He kicked off that theory about, uh, you know, meat, red meat and stuff is bad for the heart and high is, you know, uh, higher, you know, it's bad for the heart and lifts up your cholesterol and stuff like that. But let me go back to the spiritual thing because I started back on that first. And what I want to get right into it, without going back over everything, which I don't remember right off back, everything I said about when it came to the church. See, what I want us to understand again is what is the church? Remember, what is a real Christian? That's the name of this whole series. It's what is a real Christian? Now I want to put some emphasis on the church. Because in order for us to understand the Christian diet is we must start with the church we was brought up in. Because it has to start there. If you was brought up in a church. These are for the ones that's brought up in a church.
all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. A lot of the ones that wasn't brought up in the church, whether it's a regular, whether it's a church, someone else church you went to, or whether it's a family church. A lot of us was brought up in a, a family church. You know, maybe their dad or granddad was the pastor or uncle, whatever like that. But a lot of us, like my 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 granddad was my pastor, and since I was little, we was brought up in the church, which is the Church of God in Christ. The name of our church was the First Rock of Ages Church of God in Christ. Then the name of our church was the First Rock of Ages. So we was brought up in the family church and our uh, pastor was a granddaddy. Well, we called him grandpapa, grandpapa, you know. He was, and most of the neighborhood, a lot of the neighborhood, let me put it that way, went to our church. And we always had those small churches. You know, with the wooden floors, you can hear the, you can hear every little walk on the floor, every little floor was wood and not well put up and everything, you know, and you know, the old pulpits and the altars and stuff like that, you know, that's the church I was brought up into. So your church, I don't know, whoever's listening to me. It could be Church of God in Christ. Or remember, Pentecostal is, is broad because you don't only have Church of God in Christ. You have Christ, you have holiness churches. You have universal churches. There's different type of Pentecostal churches, assemblies of God, you know, different type of Pentecostal churches. So whatever church you was brought up in, when it comes to Pentecostal church, Baptist church, Lutheran, Catholic, whatever, there's a tradition that, uh, that's been embedded in us that we still have some type of belief in even if we don't even attend those churches no more or just got out of church period there's still a certain stigma still, still a certain stigma or belief that we got in, within us about that upbringing about our denominational church some things we like, a lot of things we don't like. Some things we wanted to get away from, some things we wanted to stick, or some things we just don't want no part of a period. Whatever it is, there's a certain, uh, something that was left in us when we left that church, if you left the church. Now, some of you might be still in your denominational church, but I'm talking about to the ones, regardless, the ones that was in denominational church, whether you left it, left it, or are you still in it? There's something planted in us that we cannot forget. A traditional belief about our denominational church. There's anybody that went into a denominational church. See? You know. Now, 
in order for you and I, I already started. I, well, I'm already got out of it. I, I'm, 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 I, I done dealt with that. Now I don't, I don't, uh, and I'm not saying this to be bragging, but I already got a traditional belief and structure of everything. Only thing that that I still somewhat holds on to is what I was talking about early, the familiarity, the society, the, the church, the movement, the 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 uh the dialogue, the dial, you know, the dialogue and stuff like that. Sometimes it's hard to get rid of. Sometimes I can sit up there and I can be we could be talking, I'll be saying, yeah. See, that's a that's the old tradition that sticks with you. See? Even if you don't have no idea what that means. Now, I mean, it might, might be different in your church, but I know Church of God of Christ, we made a lot of noise and sounds and all kind of stuff. Mm, you know, different things like that. That kind of sticks with you. Whether you're not in that denomination or not, it sticks with you. It happens with a lot of us. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, but you have to mature out of that. And you have to ask yourself, why did you do that? It wasn't because it's the Holy Spirit. It's an online and different things like that. It's a traditional thing you've seen done and you mimicked, mimicked from somebody in your church or somebody in another church. You mimicked it. That's why not only today, but you go in a, you go you go back in the past churches, black and white churches, especially if they Pentecostal. And they somewhat have the same type of way they pitch. What I mean by that, the way they preach, their style. You know, even they even all sweat a lot. They spit a lot. They grunt. And I'm gonna say, oh yeah. A lot of Baptists do that too. Well, yeah. They might do that for an hour long, man. You remember that? You know, Church of God of Christ, Baptist Holiness Churches. Those are traditions. Those are traditions. Then you have Church of God of Christ had testimony service that we get up and testify what the Lord has done of our life. You know, different things like testify and different things. You have some churches that had uh, uh, vacation Bible schools and stuff like that. Um, traditional things. Then you had churches that had, and I know we had, we had pastoral days when we celebrate, you know, the pastors of the house, the pastor and his wife, or what we call the mother of the house and stuff like that. We had traditions of dress codes. You know, a lot of the mothers in the house wore white for purity, you know, and stuff like that. We had traditions when we went to the restaurant, you had to hold up one finger. I had no idea what that meant then. You know, I even joked about it later on down the line. But we had traditions. We had all night. As a church of God Christ, we used to call it Tarian. We have all night. We're, we're literally spending the night in the church. <laughs> we literally spend the night at the church. We call it tearing an all night service. We are pray, pray, pray till our mouth is dry. We falling asleep and our head up, man. We trying, they trying to keep us up so we can still pray. And we basically pray all night, all night service, man, all night. You didn't go home. And it was mandatory. It was mandatory then. See? 
We had traditions where we had special events when evangelists or different ministers came in and, you know, and fired the church up or whatever like that. You know, many churches have done that, but I'm just talking about the, my denomination I grew up with. Traditions. We had traditions of in our church of speaking in tongues. Uh, they had their own definition of speaking in tongues. Mostly a lot of gibberish and glossolalia. You know, different things like that. Speaking in tongues. We had water baptisms. You know, stuff like that. You know, traditions. See, a lot, uh, some was uh, mem uh, copied from the Bible, but the majority of it was man-made traditions added on to it. See, man-made traditions added on with the law. So it was a lot of traditions in the Church of God and Christ and everything like that. You know, from and uh, you know, f since I was little, and since I became an adult when I branched out and I started looking for the real meaning of the church. What does God really want to do for me? Because I know it's more than just all this emotional stuff. You know, it, 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 I, I matured out of it. It kind of played out because a lot of things, even though a lot of them meant well, a lot of things, you no know, churches, you know, I just didn't see the real manifestations, healings and none of that. I, I heard them say somebody was, but... People were still dying. People were still sick and whatever like that. You know, it's just, I, I got to the point I couldn't fake it like things was really happening, like God was really moving. I couldn't fake it no more because it made God look bad, you know, and it probably made a lot of people that came to the church just doubt God because it just seemed like a show and God was out of order. And God can't completely heal nobody. People got to fake it. They got to do this. And, and then, you know, you know, you go to church and then you're living like hell the next day and whatever. Uh, it was just a lot of things just wasn't clicking with me as I grew up in that church traditionally in the church of God and Christ, growing up in the church of God and Christ traditionally. OK, so I talked about that quite a bit. And I'm trying to move on. So you should have some type of idea of what I mean when I talk about traditions. Now, that's when the diet come in. The diet is, you know what the diet is. Most people look at the diet. Just say you're obesity. <laughs> listen, listen to this. What is obesity? What is being obese physically? Overweight. Not bad health is another thing because you could be skinny and medium size and be in bad health. But I'm talking about obesity, overweight, and unwanted excess fat and stuff like that. We just basically overweight. Some people 50, some people all the way up to 200, 300 pounds overweight. Obesity. See? And it needs to be dealt with, you know. Now, what starts obesity? Bad eating, bad nutrition, bad food. Majority when you come to weights, I'm talking about not health so much, but overweight. I'm going to deal with the health as well. Then we'll put a spiritual perspective in it. You're overweight, and usually anyone that's overweight, other issues come with it. It depends how obese you are. When it comes to obesity, sometimes health, bad health problems come from being a person overweight and obese. The reason I say uh, sometimes because you have some people that's not obese and overweight that have bad health problems for the same reasons. 
bad processed food, bad uh, eating, you know, lack of exercise, traditional uh, way they said it while we out of shape or whatever like that, you know, the old traditional way. The government and the uh, RSDA and uh, FDA say why most people is overweight, even though they the one putting that junk out there. You know, so obesity is just overweight. Obesity is mean we're not in our right weight. We are overweight. Not so much the health, but we are overweight. But overweight being obesity does bring uh, data shows and st- statistics shows and science shows that overweight causes a lot of these other problems like diabetes, cancer, high blood pressure, all kind of stuff, mental illness, mental illness, and a lot of things, you know, uh, all that stuff because of obesity that brings a lot of bad health okay now when it comes to the church spiritually now this is not a biblical perspective so don't don't say Joe saying this in the Bible because I'm not but I'm just using this as a, a allegory which I don't use much or an example how could you be obese in the church spiritually bad doctrine false teaching which starts with what traditions Jesus called it yeast when he rebuked them for not understanding what he was talking about he called it yeast yeast that's something you put in bread and it's like uh, like, like your mothers used to cook called self rising flour that makes the cake and all that uh, uh, whatever lifts up that's how yeast is yeast uh, another term is also used as pork like a lot of politicians use pork now yeast uh, pork it's just basically, in a sense, the same thing. It's bad stuff or something. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. There's only one road into Key West. But you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat. Or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Edit. Politics, pork mean a lot of junk added to a bill that should not be there. But it was just in order for that bill to be voted through, they added some pork to it. It was like a compromise when it comes to politics. Somewhat, uh, I'm going to sleep here. <laughs> Let me wake up. It was something like a compromise. So they added uh, some pork in it, some different, you know, a couple of more uh, billion dollars of junk. That's not a need. 
So the bill becomes so outrageously ridiculous as what a lot of pork in it when it comes to politics. You understand what I'm saying? Jesus, when he used the term yeast, he was talking about bad teaching, false doctrine. See, added to the law. A lot of bad, the law then when, when it was under the kingdom program. A lot of bad teaching, a lot of false doctrine. Jesus called it yeast. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, two religious groups in Jesus' day when he was on earth. A lot of false doctrine, a lot of false teaching. And the disciples couldn't even get it. They didn't know what Jesus was talking about. They thought he was talking about uh, the bread and the food. And Jesus had to rebuke them. Let them how, how, how in the world, I'm just paraphrasing. These are not Jesus' words, but I'm just praying. Jesus is like saying, how in the world I'm talking about bread and food? Didn't you want you there when I just fed the 5,000 and then I fed the 7,000, something like that? How do, what makes you think I'm talking about food? Why would you think I'm worrying about food after that miracle I just done with the 5,000 and the 7,000, whatever like that? I'm just paraphrasing. You see what I'm saying? He said, I'm talking about the bad doctrine, the false teaching of the Pharisees. Etc. and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> you see, you understand what I'm saying? Okay. Now, that's the same when I, I made the uh, the physical and the spiritual comparison when it comes to the church. Physically, obesity, overweight. The church is the same thing. They have a lot. The church as the body of Christ, not church goers. But let's talk about the church, the body of Christ has a lot of of yeast and a lot of bad traditional teaching a lot of false teaching and a lot of traditions it started with traditions and we have been conditioned with a lot of over unnecessary false doctrine and stuff spiritually <clears throat> the body of Christ see now you see them going what must a person do when they're physically obese and overweight. Lose weight. They have to find a regimen or a program so they can lose weight. Okay, what about the church spiritually? The church has to lose spiritual weight. So that's what I'm talking about a physical diet and a spiritual diet. The church has to lose spiritual weight. What is their spiritual weight the church has to lose? False doctrines and traditions. Traditions and false doctrines. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why I use those terms. Like I said, it's not a biblical term. No. I'm just using that as an example or as an allegory. You know, that's what I mean by spiritual diet and a physical diet. We need those two very bad. We need to start doing that. Now, how do you do that? When it comes, both of them, the start is we have to uh, uncondition our condition. Say what, Joe? We must uncondition our condition. We must learn how to uncondition our condition. Okay, how do you do that? We have to start breaking out of our old traditions. It starts with traditions. The traditions are the one that got us conditioned anyway. That's just like in life I was talking about earlier, society. How many of you 
Don't do the things he used to do or don't talk the way he used to do or don't even walk the way he used to do. That's unconditioning from a tradition. You, you follow what I'm saying? How did you do that? You took the time to discipline yourself to not to do that no more. It wasn't helping you. It's time you, or it came to the point you had to grow out of it. Or you had to change for one reason or, or, or one reason or the other. That tradition was slowing you down or that condition that you was in was hindering you, whatever you was trying to pursue. So you had to get out of it. And it didn't happen overnight. Some of it did, but some of it didn't because we've been through it all. We've been uh, doing that most of the majority of our life. So that's the same thing we have to do as a believer. That's in the body of Christ. And I'm going to get to the physical part last. But that's what we must. That's the start. We must uncondition from our old traditions. <clears throat> now, this might bother a few people. <sighs> Some of believers that's in the body of Christ. It's not going to get out of their traditions. They're going to, uh, they're going to get caught up in their conditions and stay in their traditions. Now, one of the reasons why, because a lot of them are still in their family churches. They are, they are embedded in their denominational uh, family churches. Not all, but you have a you have a remnant out there that's still in their family churches, and. Some of them want to leave, but they're afraid to. They don't want to hurt nobody's feelings, you know. And then sometimes, you know, just say the, your, your, your dad or your granddad, your uncle was the pastor or whatever like that. They went on and they passed away years ago. But you still find yourself stuck in that church. You know, it might have been passed on to you or you just go there because you feel that church is where you're supposed to be. Even though you... You want to branch out. You want to, you, it's something that's missing, but you will not leave that traditional denominational church. And I'm not saying, you, I'm not recommending that. That's on you. But my point is, what, 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 what is it going to take? Let me put it this way. This is what it's going to take for God's for you to get stronger in God's word and really know what God's saying through his word because he's not going to talk to you in no audible voice and touch you, no contrary to what some churches teach. His word going to teach you. His word opens up more. That's how God, majority of the time today, all the time, the majority of the time, talks through his word, not an audible voice. He talks to your, to his, through his word through your spirit. The inner man, the Bible calls the inner man, the spirit man, the quickened man, book of Ephesians talk about, the made alive spirit. God's word talks through your spirit. He talks through my spirit. He's, he don't talk with an audible voice like he done in the past. He talks through our spirit. How? Through his word. Through his word. The communication is the word of God through our spirit. Rejuvenated spirit, the body of Christ through our spirit. That's how God and Jesus communicates through us, through the spirit. Now, in order for us to know what God is saying 
through our spirit, through his word, is getting certain traditions out of the way. Getting certain certain traditions out of the way. How do we do that? We do that with the help of the Holy Spirit, no doubt. But we've got to do some things ourselves. Remember the Apostle Paul said, we must put off. We must put off. Not God. Not the Holy Spirit. We have a responsibility of putting off things. Things as that don't line up with sound doctrine. Uh, the way we live, the way we act, bad things, traditions and stuff like that. Paul said we are responsible for putting off for the church, the body of Christ. We are responsible for that. So it's things we must put off. Then the Holy Spirit can work the rest of the way in. But we must start putting it off. Putting off some of that is, uh, most of it is traditions and stuff like that and old beliefs and stuff like that. See, a lot of people are in church and they think they're hearing the word of God. But what they're hearing is it's a traditional denominational teaching of what their interpretation says the word of God is. It's a beautiful thing. Listen closely. It's a beautiful thing when you start hearing the word of God through your spirit, not audible. I'm keeping emphasis on that. I don't want nobody saying that I hear God talking to me audible. But through your spirit, man. See? Your spirit, man. When you get that red pill, I like to call it, of what the word of God is really saying. And it's usually nine times out of ten very contrary of what you have been taught in church. And then you have to decide who's what. That word is made alive in that spirit, man, not the flesh. See, the flesh is what you got to get out the way. The flesh, the one holds on to traditions. The flesh is the one conditioned, not the spirit, man. It's the flesh that's been caught up in traditions. It's the flesh that's caught, that has been conditioned. See, when you got saved, you already had the traditions in you. From birth, if you was brought up in a denominational church, traditional church. That was already there. It didn't come later. That was already there. See? So you can't blame your traditions on the Holy Spirit. Because you was already like that or in that mess already before you got saved. The majority of us, a lot of us anyway. See? When I got saved, I already had a lot of mess, traditional belief mess already in me over 30 some years ago see so it was a lot of man made traditions I was already conditioned in before I got saved and then when I did get saved uh, <clears throat> when I did get saved I carried it along with me so I was still stuck in some of the traditions and different things like that and man-made ideas and, and stuff like that. So I still carried it along with me. Therefore, the Holy Spirit really could not work in me. But I thought it was the Holy Spirit. Why did I think it was Holy Spirit? Because tradition that I was taught, that's how the Holy Spirit moved. It was based on feelings and emotions and whatever like that. So that's why 
I didn't get it out of the Bible. I just was told that's what the Bible was saying. I was everywhere in the Bible, like a lot of you all, too. And it also, I keep going back. I'm not saying yo, you got the same denomination, but all denominations is, got a tradition. All denominations condition you, period. I don't care what denomination it is. It conditions you, see? So therefore, I already had a lot of traditional beliefs and a preconceived conditional beliefs already in me when I got saved. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday when you save on auto insurance for driving safe with usaa safe pilot you'll feel like a big deal even in a traffic jam save up to 30 percent with usaa safe pilot restrictions apply see but thank god that i started learning how to listen to my spirit man over the flesh and it was not easy. I started learning how to listen to my spirit, man. And it's not hard. It's not hard. But it's not easy either. Because traditions are hard to stop. Why? Because you are conditioned. Now, if you just was in a traditional church and never got conditioned in it or programmed, it's no problem. You can easily leave that church because you never got conditioned in it. But when you was brought up and bred and bedded since childhood, no matter what it is or what denomination, it takes work to put off. You most definitely need the Holy Spirit's, uh, you know, guidance. And the sad thing apart, uh, sad thing about it, you know, a lot of people and men and women that's in the body of Christ. Is going to be stuck in their traditions. They're just going to be stuck there. And that's the way the enemy wanted it. Confusion. Confusion. His master confusion is it. It was to have us so confused and stay and stuck in the kingdom program, the four gospels. That Paul's teaching gets drowned out. Let me give you an example. Let me tell you it's the master plan of Satan. The majority of the churches, I know I use that a lot, but it's just true. The majority of the churches, you, you look at it this way, teaches out of the four Gospels. No matter what denomination teaches out of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I'm not saying they don't teach nowhere else. I'm not, say, I'm not even saying they don't teach out of Paul's books. But the one of Satan's tricks is to uh, always keep them all together. Don't separate it. He want he 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 traditionally kept us, uh, in a sense, believing that the gospel was all the same. That the uh, Peter's, Paul's, and Jesus' earthly ministries and different things like that was all the same. They taught the same thing. See. 
And you might say this, and I'm talking about myself too. This is how strong tradition is. The Bible has not changed. Let me talk about the King James Bible. The Bible, the Word of God, let me just put it that way. The Word of God does not change. But how do, how do we get so confused? How, if I knew what I knew about the Bible today, and someone helped me out on this, see, what I knew about the Bible today, I could look at it and say, how in the world did I miss that? How in the world I didn't see that there was another gospel? How in the world did I miss that Paul taught something different? Remember I told you that I was a Paul fan? Uh, it was something about Paul. I liked it the way Paul was aggressing and everything. And I read a lot of Paul's letters then. But even then, I could not separate it from the four Gospels. They was all the same to me, even though they weren't saying the same. You see how Satan done that? I was, I was spiritually blind with traditions. I was spiritually blind with tradition. Therefore, I was conditioned. It got to the point that I was conditioned. Even though I knew Paul was somewhat aggressive, I could not put two and two together or even one and one together that makes two together that his ministry was different than Peter's in the earthly ministry of the, uh, the four Gospels. I could not see it. And it was not hidden from me. I was just blinded by, by what? Traditional Bible teaching that conditioned me. You, you understand what I'm saying? Hopefully you are. And I, you still got something to do with the spiritual diet now. Because they go hand in hand. The same way, listen carefully, that I got caught up in traditions and blinded by what the Bible was saying, and it's a belief system of traditions, it's the same thing happened to me when I got fat and started eating bad foods, even though I knew it was bad. You, you see how they go hand in hand, the physical and the spiritual, what I'm trying to, they go hand in hand. All that traditional teaching in my denominational church and denominations in general but I'm going to speak for my, the one I grew up in spiritually I thought that was just the God truth then even though I kind of grew out of it and I was questioning it but at that time I didn't get away from it because something was even though I said man something is not right and that's when I got older then you know and got saved when I got saved that's when my eyes started opening let me put it that way when I got saved. See, all this eye-opening happened after salvation for me. My eyes start open. I start seeing things more clearly. I guess you could say I matured. So I wasn't, I wasn't you know, jumping on and with all this, all this other stuff was going on. I knew something wasn't right. It wasn't added up. Especially when I, then when I got saved, I started reading the Bible myself. I started praying myself and stuff like that. And the Holy Spirit was showing me more the more traditions, the weights, the Bible call it oh, the weights, the more of the traditional weight that I took off, the more God's word became open to me. You understand what I'm saying? Let me say this again. The more of the traditional weights I took off of me. Now I'm talking about spiritual things now. 
traditional weight I took off, I became less conditioned and the Holy Spirit was able to show me more. The spirit of truth was able to show me more. You understand what I'm saying? Now, this is my journey. I'm trying to help you all out as well. This is my journey. I had to get out of that religious, traditional, because that's what it is. That's religion. You got to you got to accept that it's religion. Traditions are usually religious. It's religion. See, that belief and thought pattern for the Holy Spirit to really show me what the Word is really saying, because it is it got the Holy Spirit is the one that has to show you what His Word is really saying, and what in your spirit, man, if you are a believer, if you are part of the body of Christ. Okay, so through the years. And I mean it literally. Through over those 30-something years. 30-something years. I finally understood God's words clearly four years ago. Been saved over 30 years. But I just learned that what God's word is really saying to me four years ago. You said, yeah, you might say, what? this is what I'm saying. That's how strong tradition is. When you are conditioned. See, when I tell a person, man, I've been saved over 30 years, but I just understood the truth four years ago. They confuse it. What? See. I always been saved over 30 years, but just understanding the truth, that's why I call it red pill. You know, the matrix red pill. I just understood to start understanding what God's word was really saying over four years ago. How to rightly divide the word of God. I heard that term before, but it was opened up to me. What is really rightly dividing God's word? So through those years, through those four years, I still was obese spiritually. I, st I still was obese. I wasn't as overweight spiritually. Listen close to what I'm saying now. I don't want to get you confused. I wasn't as overweight spiritually, but I still had some bad health spiritually. Because remember, when you don't know how to rightly divide God's word and you still don't put God dispensationally understand God's word rightly divided, spiritually, you are handicapped. Spiritually, now, I'm not saying you're not saved, but spiritually, you have a handicap. Spiritually, you're, you're in bad health. For some people, it might be spiritual diabetes. Some people might be spiritual cancer. It depends. It depends. But you're spiritually in bad health when you don't know how to rightly divide God's word. It's almost like you're a sick spiritual Christian. You're sick. That's what it is. You're sick. You're going to heaven, you are saved, but you're sick spiritually. So just imagine being sick spiritually and sick physically when you don't take care when we don't take care of our health. You sick spiritually because of a lack of knowledge in God's word, and you sick physically because of lack of knowledge and what we should be eating. The same thing. See? 
one just physical and one just spiritual. That's why I say these are the most important things for me. It's, it's, uh, uh, learning how to get stronger in the Lord spiritually and learning how to take care of myself physically. Now, the spiritual diet starts with your traditional, what you've been brought up in, whether you was in the church or what you was around the church. I'm not saying everybody was brought up in the church, but a lot of black people grew up in churches and a lot of black people grew up in family churches. But right now, I'm not talking about just black. I'm talking about all ethnicities, whoever is listening to me. But I can speak as a black person more clear when I talk to black people because a lot of us grew up in a black church. It was either Church of God in Christ or Baptist church. We grew up in those churches. Then you came to Assemblies of God or whatever like that. But I'm just saying. So a lot of us, you know, whatever ethnicity group you in, just go back to your traditions. Okay? So, you know, that's why I can speak more as a black man. I'm my ethnicity race, you know, and stuff like that. We grew up in a black church, predominantly Pentecostal and Baptist. I didn't know too many Catholic blacks then. I didn't. It was. I knew people that was in it, but you didn't hear too many about black Catholics. You know, uh, they were either in the Pentecostal movement or, or the uh, the Baptist movement. Then they started moving to the charismatic, you know. But it's mostly Pentecostal and Baptist when it came to the black so-called church. And that's what I grew up around. Black Pentecostal or black Baptist type of church. Now, we had some white ministers come to our church. Not a lot, but it was a few white ministers, Baptist ministers came to our church. But they all still preached the same. They talked the same. Only difference when the Baptists came, they had a certain black clothing on and one of those collars over their neck. I don't know Baptists just dressed a different way than back then. You know, the black and the collar. They almost look like they had the, I don't know, priest suit. I don't know what that was. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday but them, those are that's how they that's i remember their dress code then it was a, it was always you can tell a baptist from just a pentecostal and it's that's funny even by clothing the way they dress oh he's from a baptist church see by the clothing and by you know stuff like that even by their preacher what they preached or whatever like that you know they was about the, you know you could tell the difference because of the the entire the way they dressed that's why I remember the Baptist Baptist church you know but anyway spiritual dieting is in a nutshell you have to get rid of that old tradition some of you doing well some of you are still in your traditional belief See, in your traditional belief. And you say, how you know that, Joe? Oh, it's not hard. 
I can go on social media and look around. And I'm not I'm not saying no particular type of people. I'm just saying I can go on social media. And this might bother some people. But I'm here. I hope it bothers you enough to help you. Because I'm not going to change it. <laughs> and uh, you could see how, what they call that? Oh, what's that word? I'm just, it'll come to me later. But a lot of people that quote scripture or verses or they talk they they talk a certain way or they 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 uh write certain things in facebook or whatever like that whether it's good or bad they have the same type of format it's a traditional format see i forgot the name start with a p it's a traditional format that a lot of people use, the saved and unsaved, believers and the lost, lost and the saved. See, it's a certain format or certain cliches they use. Some of them think it sounds wise and whatever like that, but it's just a certain cliche. You know, even a term like rest in peace and, you know, uh, it's different cliches that people use see God understands or you know and everything like that you know and you're going to hell God is turning in his grave those type of usage of that people use and they would not use that listen closely to what I said they would not use those type of terms and cliches if they really understood the word of God and how God works Certain cliches I don't even use no more because I know it does not align with the Bible and God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus don't work that way. I kind of got out of that cliche stuff. I forgot the name. It start with a P. Somebody help me out. Help me out. Someone help me out. But it's when you use a lot of empty, what the Bible calls empty words. Even in your prayers, they're empty. They are somebody else's prayer, usually from the four Gospels or from the Old Testament or even Phil Paul's prayers. They just mix them up and start spitting them. A lot of people spit out a lot of Psalms. A lot of people sp uh, spit out a lot of verses in Proverbs and different, you know, of the prophets and stuff like that. Verses of uh, Jabez's prayer is a very famous one and different things like that. The Lord's prayer and stuff like that. You do you have a certain traditional format that has nothing, listen close, to do with the gospel today. It's all mostly kingdom or time pass under the law prayers that most people use. Now, I can look on the same social media or either Twitter or whatever and can tell which ones got it because you have a certain a certain uh, 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 what gives you away is the verses you use for salvation and doctrines and different things like that I know right then and there that 
you're not really into the books of Paul, which is the gospel of the day. I can already see that. You're hitting the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You're hitting First John a lot. You're hitting First and Second Peter. You're hitting the book of Psalms. You're hitting James. The majority of the time, those are the books a lot of uh, churchgoers or even the body of Christ shoot puts out there. And all those verses that you are using, it's law verses. You're using verses when they was under the law. It's almost like you're putting yourself back under the law. If you're using 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, or even a revelation, if you're using a book of Hebrews, which was for Hebrews, duh. If you're using Psalms, all those was under the law. John and all those was the kingdom. See, that that's how I know you are in still that traditional belief. You'll use a few of Paul's verses, but you're going to always go back to, let me say this, the Old Testament law verses. You follow what I'm saying? Because what? You have been conditioned. It's hard to get out of. It makes me wonder, okay, how do you get saved? And you hear people's way of getting saved in these same websites. You hear different ways people talk about getting saved. Uh, you know, you what they throw out there, John 3.16, Romans 9, 10 and 9, Acts 2.38. They go to different verses. They use different verses besides the gospel of salvation. I never seen one person unless... They was a grace believer and and was uh, knew how to rightly divide God's word. Use the true gospel salvation verse. Not one time. Not one time. I never heard it even in church. Nobody uses the gospel of salvation for today. They use John 3, 16, I hear a lot. Some of them use Acts 2 and 38, Romans 9, 10 and 9. They use, they use Ephesians now. They use Paul's Ephesians. They hit Ephesians a lot. But if you ask somebody the gospel of salvation, not one will use 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. I've never seen it. I never seen the social media. Only way, only time I see it is somebody that studied Paul's letter and they got it and they know how to rightly divide. They understand the dispensations and they know how to rightly divide. Those they stand out like a thumb, a sore thumb. They stand up so little and so less. You look at that scripture and the more and a lot of people don't even know that scripture was in the Bible. Most believers don't even know that scripture of salvation for today is in the Bible. You see how powerful tradition is? I can go down the street and ask a lot of believers, people just, what is the gospel of salvation? What's the, what's the verse that gets you saved? I can almost guarantee not one of them will say 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Now, why do you think that? Think about it. Why do you think that? What do you think the reason why they never used that verse? Which it is the gospel for today. The only way to be saved. 
because of traditional upbringing. They was blinded. I was blinded. I never heard that when I was saved of that being the salvation. I probably, and, and I've read many over Paul's books many times and still never caught that because my traditional upbringing and Satan's manipulation wouldn't let me see it. And not, it wasn't only me, it was everybody in my denominational church of God and Christ church. It was everybody in my independent church. It was everybody in my charismatic movie, Word of Faith. They didn't even see it. Even though they read it many times and never put two to two together. They can read it right now and go right through it and see what it's saying. Believe in his death, burial, resurrection. This is the gospel. And go right over, right over it. Because of what? Traditional conditioning. Traditional conditioning. So, that's why you're not going to... I can ask you, have you ever heard the gospel of salvation, 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4 in your church? I can almost say no, you haven't. Unless you know how to rightly divide you, unless you know that Paul's 13 letters is for the church today, unless you know that. If you don't know that or you don't believe that, you will never use that gospel of salvation, which is for today. You will never know there was a separation between the kingdom church and the grace church. You will never know that. You are traditionally to believe that Peter and Paul and James and John all taught the same gospel. Even though you can read their letters and you see Paul's letters stand out like a sore thumb because it's different and still will say it's the same as Peter's. Even though it says something different. That's almost like insane. But that's the power of tradition. That's how manipulative Satan has got the church and different denominations. Okay? The same thing. Now, on the next show, I'm going to get into the physical. How we was also bam, bam, hoodwinked and bamboozled when it came to diets, foods. The same thing when I'm telling about in the spiritual world. When it comes to Christianity. See, is they they co a man they coronate so much alike, man, and it, and I just started thinking about this, man. It's the same thing. We dying in a sense, and I don't mean you're not saved, and I don't mean listen carefully, you're not going to heaven. But this is the thing when it comes to all right, I took a pause there. When it comes to learning how to rightly divide God's word dispensationally. Now, for the ones still confused about the word dispensation, let me try to put it as plainly as I can, that I can. My definition, which is correct. Dispensation just means a different administration, a different program. 
So when you hear me here use the word dispensation, which I don't like to use a lot because it's been used too loose. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday we made usaa insurance to help you save take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride discover how we're helping members save at usaa.com slash bundle restrictions apply usually just like christian being a christian dispensation does not only have to do with time or ages when paul used it he was talking about his position his calling, his ministry, his program, his administration, his stewardship, his management. See, what God has called them to do. Dispensations is all through the Bible, but it's only used in that term by Paul, maybe because of the Greek. It was used another way then, maybe as, the, the, you know, a certain thought. Whatever God called out someone to do something, you go all the way back to Moses. You have to remember the translation wasn't translated in Greek or whatever then. It was mostly Latin and Hebrew and stuff like that. So, uh, well, Paul used the word dispensation. That language is translated to that word dispensation. So it was not like it was not used, but Paul just happened to, the translators happened to put dispensation there under the translation, okay? If that's the best way I can, I, I can explain that, just like being baptized. They always got baptized, but it was more like a cleansing in the, uh, you know, back before John the Baptist. And then when John the Baptist came, you heard more of that term baptizing. You see? Because the majority of the somewhat New Testament and a lot of Paul's letters was uh, Greek translated. So words was used as the translations changed. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why Paul used the word dispensation. Not, it's not like that term is not in the Bible because God used it all through the Bible. Paul just the only one used the term dispensation translated in the King James Bible. Now, the King James English Bible dispensation is almost like a program, a duty, an administration. Once you understand what Paul said, this dispensation He's talking about the ministry or the program God or the Lord Jesus has called me to do. That's why he can say my gospel over four times in his letters. My gospel. My gospel. Why does he say my gospel? Not because he's been arrogant or narcissistic. He's saying that because his gospel is different than the kingdom gospel. If it wasn't different or if it was the same, he wouldn't say my gospel. See, he would not he would not have a reason to say my gospel because it'd be the same gospel as the 12, right? The 12 apostles. He's separating by saying my gospel. Why would Paul say in the book of Galatians, those people are cursed, even the angels cursed if they teach any other gospel? 
What other gospel is he talking about? Any other gospel that's different than the one than the ones he taught the Gentiles and a few Jews. They were still trying to teach the kingdom gospel, but that gospel has been postponed. It wasn't in play. So Paul rebuked them in the book of Galatians because they tried to ease some of his little protégés back and try to put them back under the law, under the old kingdom gospel. And the main thing was trying to get them to go under circumcision. See, it's like baptism in water today. You have to be baptized in water. See, being baptized in water today, that's another gospel. That's not the gospel for today. That was under the kingdom program. So baptism, like circumcision was then, another gospel Paul was talking about, baptizing water to be saved and all that stuff, repenting of your sins, that's another gospel. And what did Paul say? Let him be accursed. Even if an angel come and preach another gospel, let him be accursed. And Paul had the authority to do that because Jesus gave him his own ministry. Jesus gave him the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus gave Paul the ministry of the cross. What is the cross? The death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul did not teach Jesus earthly ministry when Jesus was alive. Read his books. He only taught Christ after his death when he was uh, buried and rose again. That's why Paul calls it the his teaching, the cross. He only pre preaches the cross. He said, I only get persecuted because I preach the cross. Not the kingdom, not Jesus' earthly ministry, not Jesus being the Messiah or king like Israel. He's preaching another gospel after the uh, crucifixion of Jesus. What Jesus done, like Trey Searcy said, on the other side of the cross. See? Now, Traditionally, the majority of the church is still stuck on the crucifixion side of the cross in Jesus' earthly ministry. Just the way Satan wanted it, because Satan was fooled too. He thought it was done when he had Jesus crucified on the cross or had it manipulated. He got bamboozled by God. Because God had a hidden plan in him that nobody knew but Jesus and himself. I don't even think the angels knew. No man knew nothing what God had hidden in them. And he only revealed it, which is called the mystery. In the King James, the mystery. Other translations say secret, but it's the same thing. Mystery means secret. Secret means mystery. He only revealed it to one person. And who was that person? The Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul had the dispensation, administration, the management, the program, the stewardship to go out to who first? The Gentiles. Now, when Paul went to the synagogues to preach to them, he didn't preach uh, the cross to them. He preached them the somewhat the kingdom so they can believe, they had to believe first that Jesus was their Messiah and King. Jews, though, he didn't go to the Gentiles with that. He only went to the Jews. So they can, they had to believe who their Messiah, who their King was. Now, I'm teaching like this, like connecting the dots, okay? <laughs> but let me go back. Okay, because I can get very long with it and I get excited because I love talking about the word of God. Okay, 
But I wanted to go there so you can understand where I'm going when I talk about a uh, spiritual diet. The church needs to go on the diet. The church as in the body of Christ. See, that's the only way you can be in the, uh, the, the organism church. The body of Christ is to be saved. So that's why I put sp specifically talk about the body of Christ church that needs to go on a spiritual diet. And then I just told you how. Some of the stuff you probably need to write down. The first step is taking off. Taking off what? The old traditions of your upbringing. Whether you was in a denominational church or not. You still have some old traditional upbringing you need to take off. That's going to be the toughest part. See? That's going to be the toughest part taking off. Now, what's the way to take it off? How are you, are you going to be able to take off? Listen to what I'm saying. The only way, listen closely, that a person that's in the body of Christ, that's grew up spiritually in a traditional church and, and believes that the church, the kingdom programs for the day and other man-made traditions, the only way they will be able to generally take off those traditions is believing what Paul's words saying over the old traditions. That's the only way. Because you're not just going to up and stop and take it off unless you accept Paul's gospel is for you today. That's the only way. That's the only way you'll be able to take off. See? The worldly, spiritually, traditional ways of your upbringing of your church and then you have a lot of junk you need to just take off and the only way you'll be able to take that off is you have to believe and accept Paul's gospel Paul's sound doctrine Romans through Philemon and once you are able and you're open minded to listen to it then you'll be able to take off because you got to believe Paul's gospel before you take anything off you have to believe it, correct? That's the sad part. Then you have to question yourself, which is scary. Are you saved? Are you really saved? Only God knows, but you have to question yourself. Are you saved? Now, these four, especially the doobies that got, get saved. Are you really saved? How did you get saved? I wish a lot of you guys, you probably know now. So I gave you the hint. But if I were to ask before, ask you how you got saved, I'd probably get different ways that people say they got saved. And the majority of the people won't even be saved. And that's sad. But at the same time, God knows your heart. He knows you believe. Some of you believe what Jesus done and rose again for your sins. You just don't know. You just did not know that it was a scripture and a verse in there saying that. Let me say this again. It's quite a few believers got saved because they believed, I believe, they believed that Jesus died and was buried and rose again. They knew that. They even say that sometimes. They knew that. But they couldn't find a verse. They didn't know there was a gospel of salvation. They would still quote John 3.16 on Acts 2 and 38. But they believed that. And that's between them and God. I don't know it. But I believe they had the heart. And God knows it, yes. But I don't know that. I don't know that for sure. For sure, for sure, for sure. So that's something you have to deal with. How did you get saved? 
Do you believe that's the only way to be saved? That's the key question. Do you believe that's the only way to be saved? Believe in what Jesus has done, his death, burial, resurrection for your sins. Do you believe that? That's more important than believing that all your sins was forgiven. Because whether you believe that or not, your sins are still forgiven. But always remember that. That ain't got nothing to do with your salvation. That's just something that God t had to take care of first. Your big question, answer to the question is, do you believe that big Jesus' death, burial, resurrection for salvation, for all those sins and everything is the way to be saved? Do you believe that's the only way? That's going to be your challenge because there's only one way. Now, you might believe, see, to some of you guys, you believe that's one of the ways instead of being the only way. But I'm here to tell you it's the only way to be saved. Let me tell you why that's scary. It's very important to know that it's the only way to be saved instead of one of the ways because you might not the majority of this way you don't use. You believe you use John three sixteen, Acts nine, ten and nine, or Acts two and thirty-eight, or even some parts of Ephesians for salvation. See. But so Ephesians is not the salvation message, it's what's happened. After the salvation message, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4 is the way to be saved. Very point, very clear. That's the way to be saved. If you got a Bible, go to 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. That's the way to be saved. All those other ways is not going to save you. Even though you believe that's the way to be saved, you have to believe that's the way to be saved. All those other ways, Acts 2.38 was the way time passed for the kingdom program for who? Israel to be saved. Not the Gentiles. Not the body of Christ. See, once you understand the body of Christ and the kingdom program are two different programs, two different administrations two different ways of being saved and there's only one today then you'll be able to take off then what are you going to do when you take off then you put back on it's just like you're taking off your old clothing and you're putting on your new clothing why because you are new creatures under Paul's program you are a new creature old things are passed away behold all things have become new okay that's the spiritual diet. Church, you need to get on a diet. I'm talking about the body of Christ. Now, the next show I'm going to talk about the physical diet, which is very interesting itself. But if you're not saved, you have a bigger problem. And it has nothing to do with your sins. So get that out your head. It has nothing to do with your sins. Plural. It has nothing to do with your sins. Why do I say that? Because your sins have already been dealt with. God is not judging you on your sins. He's not imputing no trespasses against the world. Nobody. 
today. Second Corinthians 5 and 19. It has nothing to do with your sins if you are lost. See, that's not your biggest issue. That's been taken care of. You free and clear of that. That's, that's been forgiven. The penalty of it. Now, what that do, this is what it don't mean. It don't mean you just go sit and live in any type of way you want to live. See, it just means that God is not charging you for it because it has nothing to do with you being saved. That has nothing to do with that you going to heaven because your sins have been forgiven. It just means that God had to make a way for you to be reconciled back to him. And the only way he is a, was able to do that is to take away the sins, take care of the sins first from the world. You never probably heard that before, but that's in your Bible. It might not be in your new translations or your different translations, but it's in the King Jimmy, and which is the that's the word. God had to deal with mankind's sins first. That's that's the fullness of what happened on the cross when Jesus said it is finished. Many people today were saying, "What did he mean by that?" That means he took care of the whole world's sins. They can say that right out their mouth. And still go up to the altar and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I repent. Never got it. I used to be the same way. Never got it and never clicked. That's the hardest thing for church members, religious peoples to accept. Is that the world said it's already forgiven. They only been traditionally believed to believe that you have to be saved first. For your sins to be forgiven. We was all traditionally taught that way. And brought up that way. You have to repent. Confess your sins. And some churches water baptized. Before you can be forgiven of your sins. You have to be saved first. How did that start? Through tradition and conditioning. Same way. Now for the loss. For you guys. You got more. They're just dealing with a spiritual diet. Because first of all, you don't really, you have a lot of, you have a, your, your biggest issue is your belief. And your belief in who? Believe in what Jesus did. Not who he was. Not him being the Messiah and King. But him being what he had done for you and I and becoming your Lord and Savior. Not your Messiah and your King like Israel. See, that's called the gospel of the grace of God, Acts 20 and 24. That's under the program of the Apostle Paul. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4, the gospel of salvation for today. Keep in your mind, this is a different program. So you, if you are lost, your problem is deeper, more serious, and it has nothing to do with your sins. It has to do with your belief, your faith alone of what Jesus done for you. See? So, you have this problem. Let me give you the difference between the saved person that's been forgiven and the lost person that's been forgiven because both the saved and the lost has been forgiven. The saved person was forgiven before he got saved. The lost person is just forgiven. You, uh, you, did you catch that? 
Let me say it slow. The saved person was forgiven before he got saved, and the lost person is just forgiven. Now, the lost person has a chance, just like the saved person, to be saved. By what? Believing what Jesus done, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, the gospel of salvation. How do you do that, Joe? I just said it by believing what Jesus done, according to 1 Corinthians 15, 1-4, the gospel of salvation, believing according to the scriptures that he died, he was buried, and he rose again. When you believe that genuinely, not just lip, not just lip service, but genuinely in your heart, believe that is the way for salvation. That's the key. Not just believing it, but you believe it. That's the way to be saved. You could say, "Well, I believe he done that, but for save, I believe is this also. I believe then you you can't be saved because that's the only way to be saved. Believing that it is the way to be saved, not just believing it happened." It's, you have to believe that's the way to be saved. Simple as that. Faith alone. Believing in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ for the world, for our sins, for salvation. Put emphasis for salvation. That is the way. You have to believe it. That is the only way for salvation. There's no other way. There's no other gospel. That's why I put emphasis on you must believe that's the way to be saved not just believe it it happened but that's the only way to be saved you can't say yeah I believe that it happened but I believe John 3 16 saves you you know too I believe uh, Acts 2 and 38 see no 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 you the only clear way to be saved is believe that's the only way to be saved today do I have to keep saying that you ought to get it by now. Do I have to keep saying that? I should not. I say this a lot. You have to believe that's the only way to be saved. Because what? It is. Ain't no but and if and whatever. There's no, 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 no. There's only one gospel. If you believe another gospel or use another gospel, what did Paul say? You are accursed. God is very strict on the gospel for the day, just like he was strict back then under the kingdom gospel, Acts 2 and 38, all that. But we're not under that gospel now. We're under the gospel of the grace of God. Our apostles are not the 12. Our apostle for the day is one apostle, the apostle Paul. His letters, Romans through Philemon. Now, some people believe he, he wrote Hebrews too. I don't know. I don't know that. Then it'd be 14 letters, but I'm just going on what I know. 13 letters of Paul. Either way it go. Paul's gospel is always the cross. He always talks the resurrection, the resurrection of the dead. Listen to his language. So lost people, When you believe, when you believe, I'm going to study saying if, I'm just saying, when you believe, because I hope you will, 
that the only way to be saved is believing that Jesus died and was buried and rose again for your salvation. Then you will be saved. I can't say that no more than I, what I have been saying. That's the way to salvation. When you do that, you will be saved. Others might not put a lot of emphasis on this, but I do because salvation is the most important thing today. Nothing else. You can't get into nothing else unless you be saved first. That's why I don't try to go too deep to you when you're not saved until you get saved, then I just say, okay, I, I would like for you to go to Connect to the Dots so you can go to straight out Bible study. But I'm just trying to give you the simple basics of an illustration. Uh, that's why I make it separately from the church, the body of Christ, and then I talk to the lost people. See, why? Because the body of Christ, the church, has a rejuvenated, made alive spirit, something that you don't. So therefore, the way for your spirit, man, to be quickened, quickened mean made alive, you must believe the gospel. First Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. God bless you all. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ Real Talk. That's one of the main keys of for the believer. The church as the body of Christ must go on a spiritual diet. The unsaved must believe what Jesus has done because it ain't going to matter what diet you on. You're still dead. Your spirit is still dead. So you have a deeper problem. Your spirit man is dead. Your sins are forgiven but your spirit man is still dead. you like a walking dead in God's eyes. You did. Your spirit man has to be made alive. So I'm not talking to you when I say the spiritual diet. I'm talking about that. I'm my word for you is you need to go on a spiritual diet. The body of Christ need to take off some stuff. <laughs> you need to put on, which is salvation. You see the difference? And the only way you can put on that spiritual diet is what? To be saved. By what? The gospel of today. Paul's gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 4. Okay? God bless you all. Till next time, I'm going to get on physical diet. And I'm going to talk about uh, how I'm doing on this diet. Okay? Until next time, I love you all. This is Joseph Brownlee, Body of Christ, Real Talk. Was a straight out real talk. I love you all. Until next time. Peace out. Love you. Bye-bye. We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions. And yet, there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors. Built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy. Eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase. And no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday.